you are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. And we are live with the man himself, one of the most, I don't even know how to describe you, Dan. Controversial, smart. What do you, what do you like? I, I always prefer good looking. Good looking. <laughs> good, sexy, sexy. Good, uh, how much you weigh? Like 200, 200 pounds of, of good looking and uh, sexy. Oh too. my God. I weigh 190. <laughs> one, one, 190. Oh my gosh. How you been, dude? I've been great. I've been great. Good, you know, good. I've been at home a lot lately, but you know. Uh. <laughs> do you, uh, do you, did you quarantine all your staff? Tell them all to go home? Yeah, everybody's able to uh, work from home right now. And um, uh, we're, uh, yeah, we're all working from home. So it's pretty productive, actually, believe yeah. it or not. What, uh, how, how, like how's coronavirus affected it? Like what's the biggest hit? High ticket, low ticket? Well, you only saw like um, two things, right? Yeah, so honestly, we we saw a very brief kind of hit right when like the real heavy news hit, like for like two days. But it's gone back to pretty almost almost normal. Um, and we have, uh, I mean, the books the the book is selling like like hotcakes. There's no problem there. Uh, we even have a a nine ninety seven one click upsell that people are buying like hotcakes. It's converting just as good as a webinar. So I don't know. I mean. And also keep in mind that a lot of people right now want to learn, uh, they're, they're more motivated to learn how to create their own online business. So I think that's helping a lot. Um, plus we have a ton of students right now that are having record days this week. I posted about it. Uh, yeah, earlier. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, no, I think, I think once that initial spike of hysteria calmed down, it, it's going to go back to normal. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that it's all, I don't know, blow over is the right word. I'm sure it'll get bad for a little bit here, but I think in a couple of weeks, it'll probably all blow over and everything will go back up. I mean, well, we all hope so. I mean, they're, they're at least from what we can see, they're reopening in China. They opened all the Apple stores. Uh, they're having parades in South Korea. But at the same time, those people, when they say, hey, stay inside, they stay inside. Us right. Americans, we're a bunch of cowboys and we're like, I saw that. So I live in Florida, which is like ground zero for people not listening. Um, right, right. And, you know, I'm over, like we have Clearwater Beach, which is like right here. And people are, there was a, I saw a video where people are out at the beach and they're like, Woo, I'm not going to let the virus, you know, ruin my spring break. Woo. And I'm just like, oh man, like y'all really probably like if if they call in the national guard i'm just going to be like can you just deal with those like, <laughs> like those, those kids over there and maybe give them a couple whacks they kind of deserve it i know? feel like they don't people don't take it seriously though people like legitimately don't think it's real or a thing i don't know man Th this thing has helped me kind of or or caused me to reevaluate a little bit like i i often wonder this is probably going to get me in the heat but i wonder like we we're supposed to be the country with the most freedom you know yeah but are we abusing it? Are we not being responsible with it? Do we really deserve it? Because we need to come together and, and make this happen and figure this out. And the reason we're not is because of the freedoms we have. Yeah. Where everybody else is figuring it out. They're, they're, they're getting rid of it, but they don't have as many freedoms. So it kind of it makes me wonder, like maybe we should be a little bit more responsible with the freedoms that we have, especially if we want to keep them. Yeah, I think, I think that's super true. I, I, I'm always... Like I'm always for more freedom, always less government, always, you know, th things doing that. And I feel like the balance that I always have to go back to is like, there's the collective society as a whole, and then there's me, right? And those are two very different things. And so right. if, 
in, I don't want to give up personal freedom for the collective good of society because I think that, generally speaking, that's negative. But in case unless everybody's do- dropping dead, <laughs> and, 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 and and that's just the thing. Unless everybody's dropping. Dead. But okay. But here's the thing. I read something last night, and I've done a lot of study in the last like 48 hours or so about the virus. And this is like right from HarvardHealth.edu. And like, don't get me wrong, coronavirus is is serious, right? Like it spreads very fast. I understand the math behind it, everything like that. But this year alone. We've had 51 million cases of the flu and 55,000 deaths from the flu, like the standard flu of it. So like you look at that and in perspective and we had like a couple hundred deaths of the coronavirus. So don't get me wrong. It's serious. We do need to be taking it seriously, but I don't know. I'm just, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. I think the economic effects are what's really going to be. Well, the economic effects obviously are going to be way worse. You know, it's funny. I read this thing. They said that the clean air the, the, the fact that there's now clean air in, I forget where it was. I think it might've been China. Um, due to people not polluting, uh, they say, and I don't know how true this is, but they say it's going to save more lives than, um, than uh, uh, the people that are dying from the coronavirus. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not really going to uh, offer. Go, go, go down that road. <laughs> yeah. But well, that's, uh, You've That's, seen in Italy and stuff where they're out of the canals now and like all the dolphins are, and fish are like coming back into the canals where people normally pull their boats through and like there's noticeably cleaner air from space. They can see the air cleaner over Chicago and New York and stuff like that. So there's clearly, clearly you, an effect. You really want to go down the conspiracy. I know you like to talk about, don't you like to talk about conspiracy theories? I love it. I love so, it. I so love if it. you really want to go down the rabbit hole on that, you could be like, what if somebody did this on purpose so that we could see how much we're infecting the environment and then now we're going to push this environmental agenda. You could go like way Dude, down there's down. so many though. There's so, um, Somebody sent me one where like the reason that Tom Hanks had it and the uh, Canadian prime minister has it is because they're all being like served papers right now and they're about to go to well, jail. Yeah. I, mean, I would and, expect them to have it because they're meeting with all these different people. and. But no, there's some big conspiracy that like all the CEOs of all these major companies all step down like nike and ebay and everything like that and they're like all in this big huge cahoots like thing of like how the government's like trump is coming in and arresting them all for like stuff that they did wrong and sex crimes like just like crazy like conspiracy it sounds like something you'd hear on infowars (laughs) yeah yeah for real mr alex jones over there my word okay um let's talk about making money though yeah (laughs) marketing making money we're here to talk about your book digital millionaire secrets which um i've had multiple, multiple. I have two copies. One of them you actually signed, which is awesome. Um, I have not read the whole book, but I have read a lot of it. And I started with your mindset side of things because I like the mindset side of it. Um, You started at the end? I didn't start at the end. I actually started at the beginning, read like two chapters and then actually read like the table of contents. And I was like, oh, I wonder what Dan has to say about mindset. And then I jumped to the end. Um, But I think this is a really interesting book right now. Like right now in the time frame that we're in with the coronavirus, with the economy like freaking out. Um, I mean, online businesses continue to explode, but now more than ever. What's the book about? Like from an overview perspective, like what can someone expect to learn from this book? Well, um, to make it short and sweet, I went from zero to now over $12 million in sales for my own digital products. That means online courses, coaching, consulting, masterminds. And I did it without any like joint ventures or anything like that. Just sitting on a computer, running Facebook and YouTube ads to my own stuff. And um, now I have a team obviously to make life easier for me. But basically I took that entire process, what worked, what didn't, and I put it in this book. And I always say, if I could go back in time, if you said, Dan, you can go back in time and you can talk to your younger self, uh, or actually you can go meet your younger self, but you can't talk to him. You can only give him something to help him. Uh, I would give him this. This would be the manual, the manual to how to do it faster, easier, with less risk, with less mistakes. This would be the manual. And so um, that's what this book about. If you want to sell your advice online, if you want to profit from what you know, or even if you want to profit from what somebody else knows, a lot of people don't realize this, but you can sell other people's knowledge and profit from it. If you want to profit from what you know and do your part, even if it's small, to change the world, then you need this book. I like it. Um, Selling knowledge is very powerful. You've obviously been very, very successful with it. Why write the book? Why not just 
keep selling what you're selling. Is there an all? I I don't want to say ulterior motive because like I, obviously I mean there's a marketing effect of it, but like what what's the core reason you wrote this outside of hey I want to grow my brand I want to get more customers and things like that, but like all there's lots of ways to do that. Why a book? Well, so there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I've always wanted to write a book, and I feel that people that write that read books um, they take things more seriously, you know. And I don't just want more customers; I want better customers and. It's sort of the same as if somebody, you know, reads a sales page, usually if they watch an entire webinar, they're more serious than somebody that just read a sales page. Just as if, if somebody uh, reads an entire book and then considers your products, they're more serious. And not just more serious about buying. If somebody reads this book from front to back and they end up getting on a call with my office and we explain what we have to offer, not only are they much more likely to buy, but they're much, much, much more likely to actually take action and get results. Because you gotta think, if somebody will take, and this is a short read, it's under two hours, but if somebody takes the time to read this book fully, they're also the type of person that would probably take the time to implement the things that they learn and to take advantage of the products that we sell after this. And so um, <clears throat> that's, that's another reason that I wrote this book is because not only do I want to spread my message to more people, but I want more people to be serious, take it seriously, and do something with it. And I think a book is the next evolution in that. I want to go back to like kind of before this book started and then come back to it. Um, I think, there, I mean, there's a lot of people in my audience that know who you are. A lot of listeners of the podcast that have requested you to come on. And I think a lot of people have watched you evolve over the past uh, couple years, right? I mean, you're a very different person than you were, say a couple. Of, I mean, you're very the same in a lot of ways, but like you've you know grown, matured, and everything like that, as we all have over the past couple of years. What would you say are some misconceptions about you and about like what you do, your business, whatever? In the I'm going to generalize here and say click funnels, internet marketing world um, that maybe aren't true, or that you wish the narrative was changed about you that are different now. Maybe they were true at one point. Oh, wow. That was a great, that's a great question. I've done about 30 interviews this week and I have not been asked a question like that. That's a great question. Good. Um, all right. Well, good. Let me crack my knuckles here. <laughs> okay. So here's a few things. Number one, um, and I don't know where this came from. Some people have this idea that, because we have a program called Sold Out Courses, which helps. It's a coaching program and it helps. It's not a course, it's a coaching program. Damn it. Um, and it helps, it helps people sell their own educational products, whether that be on online courses, coaching, consulting, masterminds. Some people, for some odd reason, think that I've always sold that and that's all I've ever sold and that's how I made my money and that's not true. We sold $8 million worth of a program that had nothing to do with that before I decided, before I decided to start teaching others how to sell digital products. So there's that. Um, the other thing is, uh, I guess some people think that I'm like, some people think that I'm mean or rude. And um, my, it's funny, every person that I, whenever I go to conferences, every time I meet somebody in person, I, they always say the same thing. They said, you know, Dan, I, I didn't really like you, but you're actually a really nice guy in person. That's so weird. And, and you know, I actually had a guy um, come up to me. I, I spoke at this recent event. I was hanging out and he came, he came up to me and I got him on video. I posted it on my Instagram. He's like, you know, I just have to apologize, Dan. I've, I've hated you for, for two years. And the second I met you in person and the second I saw you speak and talk, I, I just felt like an I felt like a douche because I just you know will you please sign my book and he hands the book out and um, I think funny. that you know obviously that's not I don't think that's his fault I, I think what it is is that I'm a very direct person and I give very direct advice um, I'm not going to spend ten minutes fluffing you up to tell you what to do if you're doing something if you're like a student of mine if you're asking me a question and you, you're doing something and it's wrong, I'm just going to say, listen, it's wrong. It's, it's not good. Do this instead. Go. You know, I'm very direct and to the point, no fluff. And some people love that. In fact, that's what initially built my following was I was so different than other people. And, and I wasn't this whole like fluffy, like, you know. Well, okay. I, I got to interject here really quick. The ver how I got introduced to you was uh, through Josue. And uh -huh. at the at the time, he had just gotten kicked out of your Facebook group and got sent a picture of goat balls, way <laughs> way, way way back in the day. So my very very first impression of you was the guy <laughs> that sent people goat balls for uh, spamming his group. 
Okay, so let, let's get some <laughs> let, let's get some context here. Number one, that was years ago, and years, I didn't have years. a kid. Right. And ever since I've had a kid, I've grown up a little bit. But number two, my father was a shock jock in the '80s, like Howard Stern. So if you want to know where I get that that sense of humor from, there you go. And number three, for context, this was years ago. I had a Facebook group, and people would spam in it. Nobody likes spam. And I was sitting here thinking, all right, well, nobody is able to figure this out, right? Like everybody can't deal with the spam. So let me try to be a little innovative here. And so I thought I posted and it was a joke. It was like a total joke at first. I said, hey guys, if you see somebody that's blatantly spamming in the group, Google a picture of goat balls and send it to them. And I was kidding. It was a joke. And it turned into this movement <laughs> where literally I, our moderators did not have to do anything because anytime somebody spammed in the group, the comment thread would fill up with all these creative pictures of, of goat testicles and, um, and they would just leave the group. They're like, these people are crazy and they would just leave. And so it worked. Um, and I don't know if, if, if he actually posted spam or if it was, um, if it was just a misunderstanding, I don't remember, but, um, but yeah, it was a very unique thing that I did and it actually worked really well. But, um, you know, that was before I had a kid and, and stuff. I was, yeah, before, before you grew up. Well, I've, you like, you like uh, almost changed your whole appearance. You like started wearing suits and stuff on, on stage and like dressed up a little bit more. I mean, you've really evolved who you are. Where did that come from? Oh, that's a good question. So, so I'm, I ran into uh, Bart Allen Miller. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he goes, Dan, he goes, you really need to dress better. <laughs> and, and I go, and he's like a personal stylist. And I'm like, oh man, I, cause, dude, I grew up like, look, look at, look at this. Like I grew up a musician. Okay. Like we, I was wearing Metallica shirts and just not caring. And, you know, and I was making millions of dollars not caring. So I was like, why should I dress better? And I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. Um, he goes, well, let me just, let me just, take you, you go shopping here. Just, just let me dress you. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but just, just try it. I said, okay. So he, he gets me set up with some suits, right? I'd never worn suits except at a wedding. Right. So I go and I get them and he's like, now this is what's really important. You have to get them tailored. Go to this tailor, have do this exact thing, this exact type of cut. Da, 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 da. So I go and I do it and I look at myself in the mirror and I go, Wow, that looks really good. <laughs> and so now, and I just, it, it just sold me. And I was just like, and I just got into it. And now I don't even go, it's very difficult to find me going to anywhere out without looking super dapper. I just kind of got into it. So, I mean, that's really it. I, so you, I just, you actually like it now though. Yeah, I know. I do like it. I, I, I like it so much that ironically enough, when I'm at a nice bar and I see somebody wearing a Metallica shirt, I'm like, dude, put on a nice shirt. And then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, so, you're turning into Barney Stinson over there, dude. Yeah, Wear a suit. Okay. Have, how do you think your directness though? Cause I, I think that, um, one of the, one of the things that I've seen a lot of people and I always laugh, right? Cause I've watched you for what, three, four years, whatever it was. Right. Um, so I, I came into your world right, right when you had passed your first million dollar mark like right around that time when you got the first two comic club award. And I think one of the things that a lot of people always accused you of was, oh, the only reason you were successful is because you were selling a course to the ClickFunnels group. Um, the only reason that you were... Oh, that's a new one. <laughs> I yeah. haven't heard that one. Oh, but, really? Oh, yeah. That, well, that, I mean, but, 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 that's like saying the only reason you were successful is because you effectively sold your product to your audience. How right. dare you? How like, dare... Right, right. <laughs> like, um, you're, you know, the reason that you're successful is because you can create controversy and you don't care if people hate you, things like that. Well, that's called marketing. Well, and, and so that's what I want to talk about here specifically with the book, because I think one of the, the I don't know if misconceptions is the right word, but one of the, the beliefs that I think a lot of people have about online courses, about personal brands, about things like that is that you have to be super, super controversial. You have to be super direct. Um, you have to you know, do all these different things. Talk to me about that and how the book addresses those issues. And like, what type of person can actually go have success with this? Because I think like it's, and I get this a lot from a lot of my old friends or a lot of newbies in the industry. It's like, well, Josh, 
the reason Dan can be successful, the reason you can be successful, the reason enter this person here is because you're not afraid of controversy. You're just direct and you're willing That's, to take the heat. I'm, I'm you know, shy or I'm Are they this. basing that off of their millions of dollars in sales? Is this is, what, this is why we're having the conversation, Dan. Yeah, so look, that's completely not true. Um, is that my style? Yes. In fact, in my book, there is a section called The Power of Polarity. But polarity doesn't necessarily mean you have to be brash and direct. I'm brash and direct, but that's my personality. You know, I grew up around people that were brash and direct. I got some of the best advice uh, and business advice of my life from people who were brash and direct. And so that's just how I am. It's called growing up. It's called having developing a personality. But look at look at Amy Porterfield, for example. She is like Delilah in the morning for internet marketing. She is the nicest, sweetest woman. Um, and you know, I, I remember I listened to a, one of her podcasts, and I remember her going, "Okay, today we're <laughs> going to talk about Facebook ads and how Facebook ads." can help you. And like, look, there's nothing brash or mean right. or whatever you, about. but she has a huge audience. Now, think about this for a second. Think about all the people that don't like that. Think about all the people that are like, oh, she's too fluffy. She's just talking about tea and crumpets and she doesn't get to the point. But also think about all the people who love her for that. Right. Think that she's so great and inspiring and that's still polarity, okay? It's and and here I'm gonna I'm gonna inject a little polarity. It's not my fault if you don't understand the meaning of the word. <laughs> you know that's true. Okay, you don't have to be a certain way to be polarizing. Donald Trump is polarizing, and yes, he's brash and he's harsh and he's direct. But uh, you know, Obama was also polarizing because he had a different view. Sanders is polarizing because he's very you know he's got the whole socialist thing and. That's a uh, polarizing uh, uh, thing. And, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the only way to be polarizing is to have one specific type of personality. That's right. a, 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 a functional or a foundational misunderstanding of the word polarity. And that's why we have dictionaries. So, you know, I mean, that, that's the bottom line is you do not have to be a certain way to be polarizing. Okay. Okay. So, Polar, you talk about polarity in the book, though. Oh, and I think polarity is obviously a very important part of marketing. What does it take for someone to be successful with this? And I know you outline it in the book, but like, wh what is the secret per se? You know, you wrote Digital Millionaire Secrets. We got to channel our inner Russell Brunson here. Like, what's the what's the actual thing that you're looking for? Like, break it down very, very simply for the person that's like, Dan, I want to get your book. I just don't know if it, like, I just don't know if I can do it. Like, what, what does it really take, Dan? What do I really need to do? Well, first of all, you have to understand that every product is a solution to a problem. And there is no exception to this. So, for instance, um, <clears throat> if you are... Uh, hungry, you go to a restaurant, right? I'm hungry, that's the problem. Restaurant, that's the solution. If you're cold because your AC broke, you call the AC company. I'm cold, that's the problem. Okay. If you're bored, that's, that's a problem. So you buy a fidget spinner. It's still a solution to a problem. And so a lot of people focus on things in the beginning that, are, that just cloud their mind, right? Like branding and, and personality and polarity and all these things. And all these things are great. But at the end of the day, you have to have a solution to a problem. If you can identify a problem, anyone that has that problem is your customer. And if your product solves that problem, it can be sold. Now, that doesn't mean you have to solve the entire problem. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> My sold out courses program. Because I've sold $12 million worth of digital products, I've learned everything there is to learn, or at least major categorically everything there is to learn, um, there's, I learn every day, but I'm saying right, right, cate right. categorically, right, right. I've learned everything, uh, everywhere from finding your course idea to <clears throat> pre-selling your course to live webinars, automated webinars, high ticket sales, customer service, dealing with chargebacks, hiring, focus, all of this stuff. And so <clears throat> I'm able to offer a product that solves uh, the, the entire problem for the entire entire journey of selling digital products. That doesn't mean that if you are good at one thing, like for instance, let's say you're good at call setting. Let's say you're good at sales. Let's say you're good at um, customer service, right? You can sell a program on just that one component. 
because it's still a problem and, and it creates a, a solution. For instance, let's say you are not a certified personal trainer, but you're a mom and you lost your baby weight really fast after you had, um, after you had uh, uh, a kid. You could sell a program that helps other moms follow the regimen that you followed to lose the baby weight. And you don't have to be a, a certified this or that. It's, it's a problem. You have a solution. You sell the solution. And I always say it's not that hard to become a millionaire. What's hard is getting out of your own way. Mm. I mean, look at Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is not a certified life coach according to the top two life coaching certifications in the world. Yet he's the highest paid life coach in the world. And so I always say that, you know, if you're worried about imposter syndrome, the easiest way to get over that is to build something that matters. Build something that matters. If you build something great, that's your credibility. That right there is how you make your name. Not by thinking that you need to make a name before you, you sell. That's, that's crazy. I, I had no name when I started. I, nobody knew who I was. And so, you, you just, you have to begin. So for the person that, and I, I really want to kind of go down to the person that's going to buy the book and that maybe is still getting started in this whole spot with everything. Um, they, they see a problem, right, in the industry. Or there's something that there's, they're passionate about or that they're good at. They're like, heck yeah, I've got this thing or whatever. But a course already exists. But somebody else is already selling it. But somebody else good. is already doing it, right? So like, what do you say to them? And why good? Well, good, because if nobody was selling it, then that probably means that the market doesn't care about it at all. <laughs> so you, you obviously want to be able to sell. If it's already selling, that means there's a market for it. And you got to remember, people who, that have problems, they're going to resonate differently with different people. And at the same time, uh, they are going to buy multiple products. The idea that if somebody else is selling it, you shouldn't sell it is, is, is nuts. It's, it's just nuts, okay? Because here's the thing. Who's to say you can't make it better? You know, they say good artists paint, uh, great artists steal. I say fantastic artists improve. Interesting. <clears throat> Are you a fantastic artist? Well, I, I, I would ask my students that. I, I would not comment on that. I, le, I let them All answer right. that question. All right. but I, I've, I've created several millionaires and thousands of people that have hit six figures. So, well, um, I'm, And I'm one of the ones that have hit six figures. I'm a huge fan, by the way. I mean, I own... I own all, everything but your mastermind. Fantastic, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're a fan. I think for what you do, you're fantastic. I want to go back to the controversy thing, though, real quick here. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like we're, we need a good story. What's the most, con what's the controversial thing that you did that gave you the most backlash? Like, controversial thing that gave me the most backlash. Yeah, like you, you did or you posted, like you did something. Cause like you and I mean, I saw your, your uh, Halloween video, right? That you did, or yeah, the Halloween video that you did. So here's the funny and, thing. And that, that uh, didn't okay. get any backlash at Dude, all. This is the weirdest thing <laughs> ever. So I filmed this video, right? For Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, okay? Um, where I dress up as the Joker and I, I take my assistant, dress her up like Harley Quinn. And as you know, Harley Quinn is always dressed extremely provocative, very provo provocative because that's Harley Quinn. Right. And that's the character, right? I'm not going to not dress her, nor would she uh, uh, not dress that way at the expense of interpreting the character properly. Right. Just because people have are butthurt about it, you know? Right. So... We filmed this thing and it's got her, you know, low cut. I mean, just, I'm got a chainsaw on my <laughs> honor. It is the most sexualized, violent thing you could think of. Um, and nobody said there was one person, one single solitary bad comment. Other than that, everybody was like, what great performances. Dan had a great performance. Alice had a great performance. This was amazing. We spent maybe five grand in ads on that. We did over 200,000 in sales directly from, from Facebook. It was just a real short Halloween promotion. And it was, it was nuts. And nobody said word one. But years ago, I did a video where I was parodying uh, The Purge. And mm. I had this thing where, you know, Purge people showed up and they like stabbed the dude because the, the whole idea was like, you're not engaging in the Facebook group. Um, and so like, we're going to purge you, but instead of kicking you out, we showed up at your door and stabbed you. And it was, it was like, again, it was around Halloween. It's, you, you know, you, 
nobody <laughs> gives any crap to a director that makes a, a scary movie, but they give me crap for making a, a funny, clearly joke uh, Halloween ad. But everybody like hated me for that. They went nuts over it. They were like, but nobody said anything about the Joker ad. I have no idea how that happened. Um, but yeah, that was so I was blown away when I watched that. That was really weird. I, I, I still to this day try to figure out why that went down that way. You know, I, I, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that because if you watch that video, uh, we, we both did such a good job. You did acting. Yeah. That I think people were just so blown away by the performance and she did such a great job. Like she, okay. All right. You, you, you do you want to know a really good quick story? I would um, so I wanted to get the best performance out of her that I could. And I, you know, I went to school for audio and film. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yeah. what I did was I said to her, I said, we're going to film this opening shot where you're going to look scared. Uh, and it's like the opening shot. And so I'm, I'm going to take this chainsaw or this, this circular saw and I'm going to pretend that it's on and I'm going to shake it and then we'll add the sound later, okay? So just don't freak out. And she goes, okay. So oh, you did not. I... And I said that on purpose. And so right when we, when we hit record, I plugged it in. And when I went to do it, it was like, and it was like super loud. And she flipped out. So what you saw in that video at the beginning was 100% real. She said she almost beat herself. Legit fear. Oh, that's just rude, but that is awesome. That's hey, man, you got to get the performance. I'm, you you got to understand, I went to art school. I believe in art and performance. And to, to me... Uh, if I was an actor, I would be like Christian Bale, like a method actor. Like I would do anything to get the performance at all costs. So that's, yeah. that's, uh, that, but that's, that's, that, that's leaving marketing and getting into to, to acting. That's a different thing. But um, so there's that. Uh, there was a few controversial moments, um, but you're, you're, I know you're a, a Trump fan, right? Yeah. I'm a pretty controversial person. Yeah. So, well, yeah, all you got to do is like the president and you're controversial. That's so, very yeah. true, actually. Um, well, my thing is, is I just like personal responsibility. I opposed him giving, giving out money to, to people. I was like, hey, I don't think we should be doing this. And dude, oh my gosh, I've gotten death threats. I'm a, a heartless, you, every word in the book you can think of. So yeah. That says more about the people that are saying- For sure. Than, For than sure. You, For you. sure. Um, anyway, so- <clears throat> Are, 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 you want me to talk about, because I like you, Josh, you want me to talk about something I've never publicly talked about? I would love that, Dan. I would love that. Okay, I'll do it on one condition that you really push my book hard. How about I, that? All right, how about this? You don't, you don't have affiliates, which I wanted to ask you about um, for it, but I will, I will hit my whole list. If with you, so, okay, so here's the thing. I don't have an affiliate program, but we, we have created uh, affiliate links for the book for very select people. Um, but I only want to do it for people that are actively going to promote. And here's why. Um, it's because with the free plus shipping book and all that and the upsells, if you are an affiliate and you log in and you, and you look at your stats, the stats are not accurate in Backpack right now. Um, you don't even see the audiobook sales. So we have to, at the end of the month, pull a CSV report mm. and manually calculate the commissions to make sure you're getting paid correctly. So if you've only selling five or 10 books a month, it is not worth it for us to take the time to log in, put, do all that. And, you know, but if you're really pushing it and you're selling hundreds, we'll take the time to do that. And I'd imagine you'd want us to do that. So you get paid the proper amount. So if you want, <clears throat> I can get you an affiliate link. If you promise to, to I, I, actually- I, I, I'll, I'll text Dallas and we'll get it set up. I'll, I'll hit my list with the book. We'll, we'll provide out this interview hard and I'll, uh, all right. We'll, we'll run some traffic to it, but cool. you, you, affiliate link or not, pay me with this story. Make it good. I, I right. want whatever you're about to talk about, and I'm intrigued. All right, are you sure? Are we live? Well, no. Well, yes, yes, we're live. This one, <laughs> this, this is this is uh, this particular one is pre-recorded and it is going to go out and stream so that we can run ads to it because I wanted to run ads to it. Um, so this particular episode, normally it's live, but this one's pre-recorded and we'll stream it as live. Okay. So, um, do you remember the cookie stuffing controversy? The cookie stuffing controversy? Oh my God, Josh. Wait, you by you? Yes. No. Are you kidding me right now? I don't I'm going to give this. you this gold story of what really happened. You don't even remember this. You don't remember when, when th this whole thing happened that they said I was cookie stuffing or whatever? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, with affiliates. I thought you meant, I thought you meant like legitimate cookies. Oh, I know, I know, I know 100% what you're talking about. Cookies with the affiliate trackings and stuff. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So, you, we're, we're, I don't know. We're talking about controversy and you just say, I want to know the real story behind that. I, I would love to know what happened. All right. So here's oh, and, and, and just really quick for context, guys, cookie stuffing is, it happens that if, when you do affiliate stuff, it's cookies are basically the thing that tracks you that go through yeah. funnels and upsells and things like that. So you know who goes where, so you get credit for stuff. All right, I'll tell you this story. So I used to be an affiliate for V2 SIGs. And um, it, so it, w- let me just quickly explain what cookie stuffing is. Uh, when you click on a link, it says, hey, I've referred a sale, right? Or I've referred a click. When you cookie stuff, it means you put a cookie on, on a page. And if somebody visits that page, it counts it as a click. And wh- why a lot of people do that is because let's say you go on somebody's page, you consume their content, but then instead of clicking their link, you just Google it. By doing a cook, by dropping a cookie, you preserve the fact that you get credit for that sale because they were on your page. Now, at at a point, people went and used this as a a nefarious for nefarious tactics. In fact, uh, there was a guy that went to prison over it because he he hacked into thousands of websites that he that did that he did not own and put those cookies on those websites and stole commissions, and he went to prison for it. Right? Well, in affiliate marketing. Uh, some affiliate programs have a rule that you cannot cookie stuff even on your own website. Now, if you think about this, it's your website. You should be able to do whatever the hell you want on your website, which is why if you put a cookie on your website, it is 100% legal. There's nothing wrong with it. However, some affiliate programs have a rule that says if you're going to promote our program, you can't put a cookie on your website. You never can put a cookie on somebody else's website because that's illegal, but you can't put a cookie on your website. Some programs don't care. I was an affiliate for V26. They did not care. They said, I don't, we don't care. It's your website. Do whatever you want. Some programs, they don't want you to do that. Well, ClickFunnels, at this point, never, ever, ever, ever had anything against that. And we were running the expert secrets contest. And I'm going to try to remember this as accurately as I can because it was a long time ago. But basically, I noticed that people were going nuts over... And it, maybe, it was, maybe it was a different contest. Maybe it was no, the one no. That, no, was it, was, it the experts? It, it was expert secrets. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so because I know he did too. Um, yeah. Anyway, so people were going crazy, right? They were offering money and all this stuff. And I started noticing that people were cookie stuffing as well. But they weren't as famous as me, so nobody cared. You know, not the same that I'm famous, but in that ClickFunnels world, I'm one of the more known people. And so, and, you and, know, by, no, and by cookie stuffing, what were they doing? They were, hacking they were just putting a cookie on their own website. And so I was like, huh, because I, I checked and I was looking at things. And so I go to the ClickFunnels terms of conditions for affiliates. And I noticed that at no point there does, uh, did it say anything about, cook, about putting a cookie on your website. So I say, all right, well, I'll put it on, on uh, and I put it on a page where they were, they had opted in to consume like it was like a video or a VSL or something. So I put it there and I put it there for like um, a week or something. And I, I don't remember exactly. It was somebody on my team. We, uh, I, don't, I don't remember how long it was there. It was a while ago, but uh, somebody had um, mentioned, went to that website and saw that it was there, right? And they made a big deal over it. And this is what happens with misinformation. They made such a big deal over it that all these people were saying, oh, Dan's going to go to jail and all this stuff because they simply did not understand what the hell they were talking about, okay? They thought that putting a cookie on your own website was illegal and because they read an article one time about a guy who hacked thousands of websites, put his cookie on their websites and went to prison that now all of a sudden I'm this bad guy and I'm going to go to prison. And that's just classic not doing your due diligence research and just being a fear monger and just buying into whatever quick thing that you heard about and, and not intelligently assessing the situation. But that's what happens all the time, you know? And so I'm like, this is crazy, right? So I talked to Dave and Dave's like, dude, I don't care. We sh- we'll, we'll put it in our, our affiliate terms to update it. I really don't give a crap. Just take it off and, and, right, and everything's right. cool. He's like, he was more annoyed with the backlash, you know? And so, you know, I took it off. That's fine. And whatever, Okay. And so, and they updated their terms. Yeah. Um, and that was that. Well, people were will, will making a big deal about it because I, I, you know, I learned a long time ago from one of my managers, everybody likes to kill Superman. So if you are one of the top people 
everybody wants to, 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 to knock you down a peg no matter what, okay? Um, just like every president that's ever been president, doesn't matter what you do, good or bad, the other side is always going to spin it bad, right? Right, right. Um, so, you know, anyway, so uh, uh, I, I took a page out of Donald Trump's book, book on this. I remember when um, he got in trouble, well, for a variety of things, but remember when he got in trouble with the grab him by the, yeah, you know? So he goes like this. He goes, he says one thing. He says it's, it was locker room talk and then he shut up. He didn't, he didn't, most, most politicians would address that. They would yeah. issue an apology. They would make a big deal. They would feed into it and then they would resign or they would drop out of the race. Well, he did this really weird thing. He just ignored it. And eventually the news stopped talking about it because they, they couldn't, they could, they had nothing to, to keep this, the right. headline they going. They couldn't get it out of him. Yeah. Right. So they, so he just waited and everybody forgot about it. And I mean, yeah, people still kind of remember it, but for the most part, everybody forgot about it and it went away. Yeah. And then, and I, and I thought, I, I was watching presidential, I was so bored the other night, I was watching presidential debates. And I was watching when he was debating Hillary. And mm. I remember Hillary brought it up and she's like, do you really want a man to be president that said that he grabbed, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, she's got him. And then he takes that, balls it up, pours kerosene on it, lights it on fire and <laughs> tosses it right back in her face and goes, well, that was locker room talk. That was just us joking around. Uh, you think that's bad. What about when you were caught laughing on tape at a woman who you got her rapist off and you were laughing at her expense? What about that? And he just took it and spun it and threw it back at her. And I was like, holy crap. Say what you want about this guy, but from a debate perspective, he's good. Yeah. yeah. And, and anyway, so I digress. But so I saw that happen and I was like, huh. And so when this whole cookie stuff happened thing, deep down, I wanted to post and I wanted to be like, you guys are idiots. You're not yeah. even know what you're talking about. You have no concept of the law, the rules. You don't know that it is totally allowed unless it's against um, affiliate uh, uh, rules, which it wasn't. And it was my own website. You guys have no concept of that. You're just going off the rails spouting stuff that you know nothing about. You're referencing a completely irrelevant uh, article from this guy that went to prison for doing something that was completely different. Right, right. Like you have no concept of what you're talking about. I wanted to do that. But I also knew that that would just make it worse. That right. would just feed it. So you know what I did? I don't know what you do, Dan. Nothing. Nothing. I just shut up for two weeks. I didn't post anything. I didn't feed into it. I didn't say nothing. And you know what happened? It went away. It went away. And nobody mm. cares. Now nobody cares, right? Yeah. And, you know, and that was it. So that was something really cool about So, and here's where I'm going to wrap this up to, to make a point out of this. Yeah, is that yeah. If you, look, you're, if, if you get out there and you experiment and you try to do things and you, and you try to advertise and build your business and build your message, eventually you're going to say something that people don't like. And and it used to be not a big deal. Now people want to crucify you and make you lose your job. It's funny that the narrative 20 years ago in this country was don't let your past mistakes define you. You can change. We all make mistakes. And now it's, oh, you made a mistake that kind of maybe sort of was a mistake 20 years ago in a time when it was socially acceptable. Right, right. Oh, you're screwed now. You know, you're a terrible person. You should lose everything. And that to me is absolutely insane. And it is yeah. far more toxic and dangerous than anything ever that you could say yeah. as a joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, so here's, here's my thing. If you are afraid to say something, you'll end up saying nothing. And you just got to get out there and you will offend people. You will say things yeah. that people don't like. Well, I think that that's It'll really... I, yeah, and I think that's important though to understand is like any... I mean unless you are a truly awful, terrible person and you really go do terrible, awful things. I mean, like- Well, yeah, if you like touch a kid or something, you're right, done. You're right, screwed, right, right, right. You know? and, 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 and you deserve it at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's obviously exceptions. Right, that. right. But, but if, you, if you have something that, that goes down, you say something controversial. I mean, you've said a million things controversial. I've said a million things controversial. Life will go on. Don't feed into it. Don't give them, you know, don't give them the fire that it is. And I think that if people understood better that that's how that works, they'd be a lot more likely to actually go out and state what they believe. I've always yeah. just said that if you're afraid to cause controversy, you don't believe, believe strongly enough in whatever it is that you, are, you know. Well, that's, that's, a very, that's a very good point. 
So, so, okay. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time here. I do want to wrap it up. Um, one more question here about the book. Um, what would you say when you, when you sat down and wrote it? Um, I know you talked about you, you want to give this to you. If you could go back in time and give something to yourself back then to how to go through and do that. But when you sat down and you wrote this book, you get you, like, you got to the end of it. You, you read it all the way through or however you did. You had your uh, proofreaders go through it. How did you decide this is ready? Like, this book is, is good enough. It's of Dan Henry qualities um, to go out there. I'm willing to put my stamp of approval out there because one of the big things with the book is once it's printed, once it's there, it ain't digital. You can't change the words in that book. So how, is, how did you get to that point to like stamp of approval? So that, that's a very good question. You're a real good interviewer. Can I tell you that? You're, yeah, you're, thank you. I appreciate that. You should be on like one of them Fox News things or something, you know, uh, yelling, at, yelling at congressmen. Maybe um, if I was allowed to yell at congressmen, I think I'd get, <laughs> I think I'd get kicked off of Fox News. <laughs> hey, man, if, if Hannity can do it. That's can. true. <laughs> so listen, in the book, there's a chapter called The Circle of Focus. And it's my entire process for focusing. Mm -hmm. And that is how I got this book to be so good. I actually wrote, the, first of all, Josh, before I say this, um, this book, would you say it's an easy read? Would you say from yeah. what you so far, it's a good book. It's well yeah. edited. It's it's okay. Um, it's very it's very easy to understand. So I wrote this book in thirty days, and here's why, and here's how. Um, I believe in focusing on one thing at a time and giving it your focus. This whole oh, I need to build a YouTube channel, and I need to build a podcast, and I need to build this, and I need to do that, and I run into YouTube. Blah, 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 blah. You're only get, you're giving a minuscule amount of effort to all those things. You cannot give 100% effort to two things. It's physically yeah. impossible. Yeah. Oh, I have three businesses. That's not something to brag about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, all, the only time you should have more than one business or you should be doing more than one thing is if you've mastered that one thing and you've delegated it, outsourced it, had your team do it, whatever. So when I wrote this book, I basically locked myself away in my house for weeks and, and, and wrote it uh, because everything else in my company was smooth, delegated. So my process for this was, you know, I would either speak it uh, or, or write it into, um, you know, into like dictation. I would dictate it. I'd have my assistant then clean it up. She'd send it back to me. I would read it um, and clean it up a little bit more. And then I put it in Grammarly and I got it as close as I could in Grammarly. And then I sent it over to uh, my editor, Lori, and we went boxing line by line, back wow. and forth, the whole book, and made sure every line was perfect. Then we sent it out to a bunch of proof, about five or six proofreaders, got it back from them. Then we took it to my formatter. She, she uh, went through it as well, and we made multiple, multiple edits. And then we looked at um, I got multiple, I got feedback on various things from multiple people. I, I discussed, well, you know, I would look at it and be like, well, well, is there anything missing? Like, do you have any questions? And I would just, I, I had a small group of people that would, were reading the book and giving me feedback. And as I said, well, yeah, this is great, but I kind of wonder this, or I kind of wonder that, or well, what about this? I would go and I would add it where I needed to add it to the book. And then I sent out, um, some preview PDFs to some people. And I, yeah, did I remember that. Thought, yeah, I, I did that same process over again until, until essentially everybody in the in the process was like, "This thing is is amazing." It's it, there's not I can't say a, a bad word about it, and then I knew it was done. That's awesome. That's awesome. Attention to detail. I love it, man. All right, where can people go get the book? DigitalMillionaireSecrets.com. What is that? It, they can get it at DigitalMillionaireSecrets.com, and it's free. Uh, you just have to pay the postman. Uh, it's uh, you just pay the shipping cost. We've covered the cost of the actual book. Uh, and yeah, I saw the picture that you had in your office. You had like so many of them just like stacked floor to ceiling. Yeah, I think, well, we, we could only stack, uh, we ordered 5,000 as the initial order. Um, and you definitely want to get your book now because if you get it now, you're going to get it in a few days. If you wait and we run out, we have to order a new batch. It's like three weeks to print those. So we're looking at that. Um, we're, we're gauging when we need to make the next order. Uh, <clears throat> but the, um, and we're almost, we're, We've sold almost the 5,000 copies. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But unfortunately, with making the next batch order, there's some issues because of the virus. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it's so it might take a little longer. So you definitely want to get the book quickly. Um, but yeah, we could only stack 300 books up on that, on that. <laughs> 
thing without it falling down. So uh, that does not fully represent all that we have. It was all that we could stack without. It, right. it actually fell down once. Um, so, um, but that, that was the most we could stack safely. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, man. Well, I want to respect your time. I appreciate you coming on. Real quick, I want to do some rapid fire questions. Um, guys, we will put Digital Millionaire Secrets down below, the links to everything and the audio and the video. Um, so if you want to go get your copy, go do that. It's a great book. I have two copies of it. One is actually signed by Dan because um, I saw you at Funnel Hacking Live. So go get the book, check it out. You'll be checking, seeing your emails as well. We're going to blast that out. All right, a couple rapid fire questions for you here when we wrap up. Um, I know you don't fly. Right. Why? Well, because I was in two near plane crashes in the same day years ago, and that kind of messed me up. So you never fly again? Uh, no, I flew once after that. So this is what happened. I was on a plane. We hit a 120-foot air pocket. I was in the bathroom. The plane hit. I, hit, I cracked my head on the whatever that wow. ceiling is above in the bathroom. Cracked it, slammed back down on the toilet. I'm lucky I still have my... <laughs> uh, I, I went back out into the area. There were children upside down in their seats. There was food everywhere. The masks were deployed. Uh, I don't know if I'd call that a near plane crash, but it was super scary. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we land in Miami, and then we take a small plane from Miami to Tampa at night during a terrible thunderstorm. So the whole plane ride was like just a roller coaster. We get down to Tampa. We're about to land. All of a sudden, the plane careens to the right, and the wing almost touches the, the ground, and then we slam on the ground, bounce up, slam, bounce up, slam. And I'm like, what the hell? What had happened was the pilot had passed out right at landing, and the co-pilot had to take over. Um, and ever since then, I've just been just not about flying. I, I, I did it once because I absolutely had to. And they almost kicked me off the plane. I was flipping out. I was having terrible anxiety attacks. They gave me five Jack Daniels for free to calm me down. And I was still stone cold sober when I got off the plane. Dang. You just smoked some weed during that time. That, that's, that's how you calm down. I didn't smoke weed then. But, then. but yeah, now I probably... Well, I don't know. That would probably make it worse. That would probably make me paranoid. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, probably make you paranoid. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like that. Um, I haven't had any bad experiences, but helicopters. My brother died in a helicopter crash and then Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And I'm like, I think I'm done with helicopters. I've so. never been on a helicopter and that I will never get on one. That to me is worse than a plane. At least a plane can sort of glide down. Yeah. Yeah. But a helicopter is just like, you're done. It stops. It just drops. So you're done. Right. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 For real. For real. Okay. Um, if you ever had the chance to go to outer space, would you go to outer space? You Hell can come back. No. You can come back. No. No, really? I don't like to fly. You want me to like leave the stratosphere? I don't know. I think it'd be good perspective. Who knows, Dan? No. I okay. Mean, I, what, what am I going to do in space? I, see outer space. I don't know. I think it'd be lit. I can I'd, see it on the, on, on the Discovery Channel. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I would go to outer space, but all right. Um, what's, a bucket, I will. <laughs> um, what's a bucket list thing that you haven't done yet? A like, what? A bucket list item or a bucket list thing that you want to do? That you have oh, absolutely. Uh, buy a 50-ish foot yacht and go for a month or two at a time out on the open ocean. Oh, that's right. You told me this at Funnel Hacking Live. Your goal is just you just want F you money so that you can go out on your yacht. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think I have like screw you money right now. Yeah. I don't have F you money. Yeah. Um, I, well, my goal is to do as well as I can with this and then take the cash I make from it and invest it into what I call colossomy bag money. Um, and that is, <laughs> that is old money, meaning it's, it's a way, see like digital marketing is new, right? Yeah, and yeah. It changes. Uh, real estate, stocks, things like that, that's old money. That's money that people have been making for generations. Right. And I'd like to be able to learn how to make money with that so that, um, you like right now I have to have this business to maintain my lifestyle, to feed my you know, to help my employees, right, right. families. Um, I want to get to a point where if I write a book, it's not because I necessarily, I mean, I do this because I want to change the world and I, I want to help, but it's my main way that I make money. I want to get to a point where I can write whatever a book I want. I can do whatever I want because I like doing it a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and I love what I do, but I want to be able to do it without the expectation that right. I need to make money. Cause you know, everybody, when, when you're the, the guy that makes eight figures digital marketing, everybody expects you to make money. Right. And, the thing is, I have enough money, right? So right. <laughs> I, I have more money than I could possibly ever want. So now 
I, I really do it just to get capital to buy real estate and to do yeah. that so that one day I can just say, hey, like, like that's what I respect about Frank Kern. He can't, he comes, he, he's active now, but what he used to do is he'd come, he'd sell a product and then he would just F off for like four years and he'd just go do whatever. You didn't hear from him. And then he comes back and, and he's like, hey, I'm Frank Kern. Yeah. You know? and, and, and like, he's back and I'm like, oh, there's Frank. You know, so for me, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to take a two-year break. Yeah. And you guys, I'll see you guys in two years. I'm going to go travel the world. I'm going to go do yacht stuff. I could do that now, but I really want to get, uh, I really want to get my investment thing down. And, and the thing is, is to make really good money, you got to have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, you, like if you're going to, if you're going to make good money from real estate, you can't be buying $120,000 houses. You, you got to be buying like, like I, I just bought a million dollar home and I'm flipping it for one three. So, um, I want to be able to do stuff like that. Nice, nice. All right, uh, two more questions for you. Normally, I ask people what their dream house or dream car is. I think you could buy whatever dream car, or dream house you want. You have it. Uh, mansion worth it? You like it, or do you regret uh, owning I've, it? I've always wanted to have a, a nice waterfront mansion. Um, it's been one of my dreams. I used to leave tabs on Trulia and Zillow up with uh, property listings, and I would just click over every couple hours and look at them and go, "That's what I'm, I'm working for." And uh, today I have a, um, a beautiful uh, 8,000 square foot, um, I, guess, I guess that's kind of a mini mansion uh, on the water. Um, I've, had, I've had nice cars, like I had a, a Lamborghini, I have a Tesla now. Um, oh, you got rid of the Lambo? Yeah, it's a pain in the butt, man. Like <laughs> you go downtown and I'd park to go have dinner and before I could even get to the restaurant, people would be sitting on it, taking pictures really? of it. Really? Yeah. And I, I just, it was just, it's, if, if you had it in Miami, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. But here, yeah. people like flip out over it huh. and it just was not enjoyable, man. Yeah. It's just like, it was just, uh, now what I used to do is I used to go down to the park, um, the kids park, and I let kids take pictures with it. They would, oh. I'd, let them, I'd let them get in the car. That's and awesome. Take pictures and, and, and stuff. And that was actually really fun. Um, but that, that was like the funnest thing I had with it. And, the, yeah. and by the way, if you think that, that it's a, a, a chick magnet that you can, you can get women with it, that's not true. They don't dude. for the most part, unless the, they're into cars, they don't even know what it is. The, 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 the men are the ones, put, that <laughs> the men and the kids will, if there's a girl, if there is a girl looking at that car and she's like, Hey, and then a man or a kid will just push her aside <laughs> and be like, dude. And then like, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. So last question for you here. Uh, fast forward to the end of your life. You're on your deathbed. I want you to, all, all your money's gone, your success, your fame, everything is gone. However, every single person that you've affected and touched either directly or indirectly throughout your life, you get to leave them with one final message. What would that message be, Dan? Oh my God. <laughs> what the hell kind of question is that? It's a very, um, very profound, deep question at the end of an interview. Oh man, I might need another cup of coffee for that one. We'll um, have to have you back on for another interview. We can talk. Yeah, I mean, I can go deep. deep I know. But, I know you can. Uh, <laughs> I've had that conversation with you. Let, yeah, I know. Let, let me think. <laughs> oh man. I feel like I, I feel like in order to properly answer that question, I would have to give it the, the, the time to think about it that it deserves. But um, oh man. What would be the one thing I would probably say focus, I would say all the things that you complain about or the things that you um, worry about or the things that you hate or the things that you let make you depressed, ask yourself if it really is worth it. Because mm. when you get to where I am laying on my deathbed, trust me, all that stuff doesn't mean a thing. And don't miss life because you're busy worrying about things that don't matter. Look at that. Dan Henry can go deep, guys. Dan, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time coming on here. Um, Digital Millionaire Secrets, everybody. We're going to link it down below in the description. We'll blast it out in the emails as well. Get your copy of it. It's well worth it. And here's my promise to you. If you buy the book, you go through, you don't like it. I'm sure Dan probably has his guarantee as well. But if you don't like it, you buy it with me. I'll refund your money uh, to pay <laughs> that whatever it is, we that nine bucks, nine bucks for shipping. Bucks. We haven't had a single refund request. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Any last words, Dan? Um, 
Last words. Um, so here, here, I'll give you last words uh, about why I wrote this book. How about that? Okay, let's do that. Uh, I like that. I wrote this book because we live in a world where it is socially acceptable and encouraged to spend 70, 80, 90, $100,000 on a four-year education that get ourselves in student debt before we even get our feet out into the world, all to wait four years to maybe, just maybe get a $50,000 a year job, but likely will end up working at Chili's instead. And that is not okay. And there are millions of people out there that have knowledge, even, even small entry-level knowledge that can help change someone else's life even in a small way. And if our formal education system will not raise the bar, then by God, we will do it ourselves. Mm. And if you want to profit from what you know and do your part, even if it's small, do your part to help change the world, then you need this book. I love it. I love it. Dan, Henry, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on Think Different 3. Awesome, man. Cool. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different will be the ones that change the world. I love you all and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.